I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 275 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games. Guys, do you have any idea how long this podcast is going to be? 10 hours and 39 minutes. All right. They have a very confusing timer in the Idle Thumb studio here, and we have no idea how it works. Jim got it to beep by touching it some, uh, but touching it more didn't make it beep anymore. Yeah, it did. I didn't do it on purpose. You didn't make it beep or you didn't touch it? I didn't make it beep on purpose. But you did touch it on purpose. Yeah, the first time I made it beep, it stopped being a upwards counting timer and started being a clock showing the wrong time. Okay. Um, and then after that, I still don't know why I made it beep again, but that didn't do anything apparently. doesn't seem to have any controls on it. There is a square hole with a little uh, uh, embossed icon of a phone with a circle around it and a line through it. Right. So no uh, no phone. It's letting us know that it's not a telephone. So it's an outlet for no phones to plug into? Yeah. Maybe it's a no soap radio. Maybe you are supposed to play the cake song No Phone to it in order to change phases. Or maybe you could just play the cake song No Phone, know how long that song is, and the length of your podcast is how many times you've listened to No Phone by cake multiplied by the number of times you've listened to it. Ah. That sounds logical. We probably have to pay the license fee for no phone by cake. We were going to do you that. You could just though. do swinging on a star instead. That's probably public domain. The exact same length <laughs> as no phone. <laughs> Did you know that uh, the lead singer of Cake was really OCD, and so all of his songs were exactly the length that Jello Biafra told him uh, <laughs> told him that swinging on a star was. <laughs> I don't think it was Jello Biafra that told Wesley Willis the thing about the length of the optimal pop song. Yeah, I think it still he, makes a good story. He just though. heard it somewhere. Um, ah, Wesley Willis, rest in peace, buddy. I mean, he can't hear me. You, know, you don't know that for sure. I guess that's true. I mean, if there is a heaven, Wesley Willis is definitely there waiting yeah. for me, <laughs> listening to everything you say. Yeah. yeah, he talked about it a lot. About listening to everything what Zach you say? says? No, about dying and going to heaven and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then the angels and God. And he oh. said, I hope the stage does not collapse beneath me during my rock and roll jam session. That was the least of his worries. He should have said, I hope that my body does not collapse from diabetes. Untreated mm. I, I, due I, to my I, mental health issues. I thought it was cancer. Oh, yeah? I thought he died of complications of diabetes. Well, it's time to look like, this up. He on, died of, like, while, being the... a guy who, like, slept on punk rock people's floors all the time and didn't, like, wasn't mentally sound enough to really take care of his health. I think we can we can probably conclude that. I think it's time to look this up on this episode of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast about looking up Wesley Willis facts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. We need a good. If you'd uh, said anything but mm hmm, I wouldn't do it. We we need a soundboard that is the sound of somebody like typing. Um, I could just yeah. type. Oh, that's yeah. pretty good. It's probably going to be drowned out by all your fans and stuff, though. <laughs> I don't actually have any fans running around. Oh, I. Uh, leukemia. Oh. oh, well. I wonder what I just typed. Something happened on my screen. August 2003. He was 40 did, years old. Riff, did your screen become a clock for the wrong time zone? God, I remember when I outlived Jesus. I wonder how far into his 40th year he was. I wonder if I have yet outlived Wesley Willis. It's important to know. Have you had It doesn't more say how many, 40 years him. and how many days it's been where he was. Yeah, and what time was it when he died? Right. And what time zone was he in? 
All right. What time did Wesley Willis do, die? Do you, do you think that? <laughs> do you think that by a weird accident, Wesley Willis died in the exact same position that Jesus was at when Jesus died? Like in in relative like space, not like in in Nazareth or wherever. Where 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 is Calvary? Is that like a real place or is it? Hmm. Jim, look this up. Uh, Where is Calvary and did Wesley Willis die there or did Wesley Willis die in a spot that the rotation of the earth <laughs> caused to be close to the location <laughs> of Calvary at the time of Jesus Christ's death? We got to crack this, buddy. Uh, this so code. far, I have found no information on the time of death. Okay. Um, well, it's going to be really hard to backstop this then. Guys, what have you been up to? Not a whole lot. Kevin, are you still sad? I'm still sad. Uh, stop being sad, buddy. Yeah. We need you back. It just, th- like... We need your joyous presence on this podcast. It's been, like, two or three weeks, and it's just getting worse. Like, fuck. But all those internet videos said it gets better. Uh-huh. Jim is ignoring it. You should... Well, so, I was I was telling... We were, Kevin and I were talking about this, and Kevin said that he was, you know, trying to... Um, follow what's going on while you know maintaining a certain amount of emotional distance trying to um and what i've been doing is trying like while still staying socially engaged trying to avoid the topic entirely and i still feel like i'm fully informed about everything that's going on because it's unavoidable yeah oh i thought you were gonna say because of the dunning kruger effect (laughs) (laughs) that well that could be um uh so like i don't feel at all bad about um disengaging even further because i'm still like like more informed than i think is necessary yeah Yeah, i don't know Uh, you know i I wish that i felt like democracy was a good idea so i felt like i had a role Uh maybe we can invoke the freddy krueger effect okay which is that uh, Donald Trump goes into a deep, deep slumber, has a dream in which someone slices open his guts, and then when he wakes up, he's covered in his own guts. Then we can get him eaten by a giant snake. Oh, yeah. That calls him a bitch. Mm. <laughs> That's sort of Freddy Krueger's deal. Is Did Freddy, like, have a, a canonical end? Like, did the, I get the series stopped, right? Like... I mean, insofar as they uh, there there has been one that was the last one. I don't right. know if they're like planning on they rebooted it oh, this year. Yeah, remember the guy who played um, Rosebud in <laughs> The Sled? Watchmen? The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's what's the Rorschach? Rorschach. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really remember him because he, his face was covered. Yeah, you see him in prison time. though. He's yeah. he's just a weird like freckled freckledy dude. Okay. Freckledy man. Character actor. Uh, I, that's the only thing I've ever seen him in. That and the Freddy Krueger revamp. Is he uh, and that's Freddy? Yeah, which I heard was not very good. Okay. I feel like he would do, that actor would probably do a good job. I mean, his canonical end was being burned alive in the boiler room by the parents of the kids he well, molested, the first, right? the first, the mortal end, but the, then the... Yeah, the, the rest dreams. of that stuff just goes on forever. Yeah, I mean, the, as long as, the, the as long as there are... not permanently defeat him? No, there was a fourth one and a fifth one and a sixth one and then like oh, a gosh. final and then the final nightmare or Freddy's back or then he, I think he went to space with Jason. Yeah, I remember that. So I never saw space? it. But. They, were they like in a space station? There was one where Jason was in a space station and there was one where Freddy and Jason fought. I don't know if they <laughs> if there was one where Freddy and Jason fought on a space station. There, 
Okay. There was one where they teamed up to fight Predator. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the most crossover of crossovers. You haven't done anything other than just read the news and cry? Uh, mm. Not cry, mope. Yeah, sorry. Well, I, I mean, I'm not, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing, I'm, I'm going to go see like movies and stuff like that, but they're not helping. They're just depressing me, so... You should see less depressing movies. Yeah, yeah, I should. You should stick to cartoons. Yep. Or movies that are like so. I, I watched uh, Last Crusade. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, on your on your like uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, kick. yeah, yeah. And, and do you have definitive? Do you have a definitive answer? What's the best Indiana Jones? I I definitely like Crystal Skull. At this point, <laughs> I haven't I haven't rewatched Crystal Skull yet. I I only I saw it in theaters. Okay. Um, uh, so far, I, I like Last Crusade best. Okay. It is very slapstick, yeah. and that's why I was bringing it up in terms of um, movies that are like cartoons. Oh, like, I see. It takes itself a lot, a lot less, less serious. seriously than the first two movies. Yeah. And like, I remember thinking that Crystal Skull was really like dumb and slapstick when I watched it. And I wonder, like, in the context of having just watched Last Crusade, I wonder if that will be more acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like, I bet- Maybe. Like, be- after, you know, watching the scene where uh, Indiana Jones, like, masks the sound of hitting a tile floor with a, a a metal post by waiting for a librarian to stamp a book. Yeah, yeah. And, like, <laughs> like, after watching that scene, I bet that scene where he survives a nuclear blast by getting to a refrigerator, <laughs> it, it, it's probably exactly about as dumb. And do you think the people who complained about the refrigerator thing being dumb or Shia LaBeouf getting hit in the nuts by monkeys or whatever while he's... <laughs> Water skiing using two motorcycles as uh, skis. I like. I don't remember a lot about uh, <laughs> Crystal Skull, but I do remember some nut some, shots and some. Yeah, there was some. There was a. That Crystal Skull was really uneven. There was a lot of really dumb stuff in it, but there were some good moments too. Like the, uh, the the stuff, the scenes that are just like old indie and and Shia LaBeouf dialoguing were pretty decent. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they could have turned that into, into a good continuing thing if they, I don't know, if they hadn't otherwise kind of fucked the movie up. Yeah. But I guess where I was going was if you had been at 35 years old when you saw Last Crusade for the first time, would you have thought that it was as goofy a, as King mm, of the Crystal Skull? That's a real good question. I don't know. I, I don't think gotta so. say probably not, but. Well, I'm going to watch it again. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what, uh. 30, oh God, how old am I now? 37, I think, still. Nice. Yeah. In a row? Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I remember one of my critiques at the time of Crystal Skull was, like, all these unmotiv- unmotivated scene transitions where, like, uh, a character gets separated from the group and then, like, swings on a couple of vines and then they're back in the caravan or something, like, after an action sequence um, with no, like explanation of like how did they how did this person determine which way like it didn't make any sense that they could just like figure out where to go to reconnect with them like i remember explicitly thinking this in the theater like that was how like it it seems like a dumb nitpick but it was this is what i was thinking like while i was watching the movie um and all all of the uh indiana jones movies have things like that where like especially the first one uh it the the scene transitions are sometimes like we and I th- in fact I think like I remember reading um 
I didn't read the whole thing, but I remember skimming. There was a uh, a PDF released of the transcripts of like stories brainstorming sessions between uh, Lawrence Kasdan and Spielberg and George Lucas. Um, and they just came up with a bunch of ideas and then gave them all to Lawrence Kasdan and said, go write a script. And so he had to like figure out how to jam all these individual, like we should have like a scene. Moments. Yeah. Uh, into a story, a sequence of huh. events. Um, and sometimes the scenes are real obvious. Uh, and it didn't bother me. Um, but I wonder if that's just because I already love that movie. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't have uh, <clears throat> the same sort of critical eye when you saw it the first time. Yeah. Yep. I, I won another uh, bar trivia night last night. Yeah? So far, every time we've gone to this place, um, the first time it was just Amelia and I, and she wasn't even there for the first round, which we still managed to win and get a lot of free drinks. Uh, last night it was the two of us and some of her friends and uh, we won again. Nice. Was, huh. There was a round about dictators, which I knew almost none of, uh, but her and her friends got all correct. There was a round of music from 2010 on, which I literally knew zero wow. of the songs or artists. But then there was a round of 80s cartoon <laughs> trivia, oh, yeah. which just <laughs> aced. Okay. Um, it wasn't 80s cartoons necessarily. He does this bonus round where people just shout out round topics until he hears one that he likes, and then he just makes up the round of questions. How does Which he do was that? great. I don't know. Just very deftly. Like using Google? Or like how does... I don't just, know. Or just, does just maybe just his own knowledge. Oh, wow. So yeah, it was about cartoons, and like he's a you know guy in his late 30s, so it was largely like He-Man stuff. And, okay. Yeah. And it was... Like, one of the questions was like, what you know, 2000s animated series title sequence is a play on the all in the family title sequence, right? Which is family, family guy. guy, right? But you'd have to know, you have to know, a like lot you of have things. to know a bunch of things in order to yeah. connect. So I feel like it's just stuff that he's like, Oh, cartoons, cartoons. What, what's true about this? And then just ask the questions. It was really good. Got a, another bottle of rum, which, wow. That's fine. Is it a pirate? Themed? I don't understand. Well, it's they give they, it's the bar giving away a bottle of booze of the bartender's choice. So I think they just get rid of stuff that they don't want. Right. <laughs> right. Because the thing about a bottle of rum is no one wants that. <laughs> um, okay. Pirates. Why do they manu- Why do they manufacture them? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the thing. Like, they're it's like gold coins. You know. Yeah. It's, well, people want gold coins. <laughs> You want yeah, gold, you coins. Love yeah. gold coins. Right, but people don't. Otherwise, they would catch on. <laughs> and it, like, get, get rid of the $1 bill. Like, take my, take my one, please. I think that, I think gold coins had their day and they are just like retiring and letting some, some upstart currency have a chance. Um, like bitcoins? Yeah. Electrum? Well, I think green, greenbacks are giving away to, like, to, flues. To, to flues. Is that a thing? Uh, it was one of the like like pre cryptocurrency. There was like internet money, like beans oh, yeah. and flues. Oh, yeah. Okay, beans with a Z. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think okay. so. Or actually, I think it was with two E's and a Z. Mm-mm. That doesn't even read as beans. Bins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bin Z. So did Amelia major in dictatorships? Yes. Okay. Dictatorships in 2010 and later pop music. <laughs> it was right. Dictatorships, in no, the musical. She just has a much more rounded, like, 
social studies education right. than I do. I don't know if that's a thing that was just like, I think she was more interested. She's read a lot more than I have. If it's a thing that like public school was better at where she was, yeah. if it's a thing that public school got better at in the intervening time. I mean, you know, this came up the other day. I was absolutely taught that Eli Whitney was black. Really? Yeah. Huh. And like, I guess this might be one of those Shazam things where I just thought it mistakenly and don't remember being taught it. Hmm. But like, you know, I had some real shit public schooling. <laughs> um, also, I was never interested in in history class, and so I did not pay a lot of attention. And you know, nobody like, wants a bottle same. of cotton gin, so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and you get cotton mouth from drinking. Just gin, just a bottle of gin soaked cotton. Oh, Ugh, yeah, it's good. It lets you. It lets you keep track of your gen in zero gravity. It's it's a good crafting ingredient it's, for health packs, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Or uh, or it's probably it'd probably be a decent like uh, a Molotov pol- cocktail. Oh yeah, Molotov <laughs> cocktail or a poultice. Yeah, yeah. It could be like a mouth poultice that also is a sedative. Okay, mouth poultice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like when they stuff your it's, mouth with gin soaked cotton. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, if, no, if you have like, like a like... sore in your mouth and you pack it with. Yeah, uh, with gauze, gauze soaked in alcohol, yeah. which right. they do. Mm. I've never, I have never used a poultice. Have you ever used a poultice? I guess you could argue that a band aid with neosporin no. on it is a rudimentary poultice. Uh, it's is, a modern poultice is a pul- the, the opposite of rudimentary, right? Well, okay, <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Is it is is like technically a poultice? It, I want, I want like, I want like bits of twigs. And <laughs> yeah, mud, I have you, did you ever mud. did you ever use a drawing salve? Whoa, no. What? So there there was you apply this to the paper before your art class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like a it's like gesso, but yeah. for um, but, but for ink pens. Um, it so my my parents always had a can of stuff. My grandparents always had a can of stuff that we called black medicine. Which sounds like witchcraft uh-huh. kind of thing now, but it, it was just it was just like some sort of tar that there were very specific kind of injuries that it went on, like if you had a a tiny piece of glass stuck in your skin or like a splinter that was festering, or you would put black medicine on it, you needed to and it would draw out the idea. Yeah, the idea was that it would like I I think maybe it was just kind of like a desiccant, and so it would just sort mm. of suck stuff towards it. It doesn't make any sense. I've, I don't know that I've ever been able to like find this on the internet. It seems like I would have looked. There's some really interesting like affectations or idioms or whatever that you grew up around just in your very sort of micro like family unit. And it. The green peppers being referred to as mangoes. Yeah. Yeah. But what? Yeah. My grandma called green peppers mangoes. Um, and I, I, I eventually learned why there was a variety of green bell peppers that were sold in like the late 1800s as mango bell peppers. And so now all green peppers are that variety. But at the time, they were mango peppers as distinct from green peppers because huh. they were a different different species that was sweeter. And then they just became mangoes. And I they don't have real mangoes there. or They didn't then at least. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Know. The, I mean, there's got to be stuff that we call something that we learned as a as a child that nobody uses now. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but like that. I, on the bombcast the other day, they were making fun of Dan Reichert for referring to what insane people call beanies, but are actually called sock caps or stocking caps, like a wool winter hat 
That's a sock hat. Uh, huh, I have but never people call them a sock people hat. call them beanies, and a beanie is beanies like a yarmulke with a propeller on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what a That's beanie true. is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, it's clearly not. Like in oh, most of the country, people refer to those winter wool caps as beanies. Well, it's B E E N. <laughs> Z-I-E. Z-I-E. Yeah. Leslie Benzies. A Benzie. Uh, it's, a, it's a hat that's soaked in benzodiazepam, so it's sort of like a head poultice. It's for drawing things out of your skull. Yeah. Like memories. Yeah, just like from memory. Like, you know, you know, drawing from memory, like, you know, as opposed to tracing right. a thing. <laughs> so. Guys, we cracked it. Yep. Riff, have you done anything exciting? Uh, I went to a party to observe a superb owl, which is okay. a joke oh, yeah? that doesn't work as well when you say it out loud. Yeah. Did you actually watch the Super Bowl? At a party? Yeah, some of it. Um, it like we, it kind of got interesting at the end there. Yeah, right? it did get interesting at the end. In fact, yeah. it it got real boring and to the point where uh my friend, my high school buddy, whose house I was at, uh switched over to the Raspberry Pi he has running a Nintendo emulator so that he and his son could play some Mario 3. <laughs> but then one of, yeah, one of the other guys at the, at the party was keeping an eye on Twitter or whatever and, and it was like, oh, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you guys should switch back. Something crazy I, might be about to happen. There was a time when like I would consider like, t- uh, like everybody on Twitter talking about the Super Bowl to be annoying. Now but it's now kind it's of a relief. Real, yeah, a respite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is real nice. <laughs> well, I mean, mostly what I saw was stuff about how Patriots players and staff and management were all right-wing racist assholes. Okay. So I, I definitely saw some stuff along in. those lines, but only well, afterwards. And then Justin McElroy being really excited that they brought back Spuds McKenzie for <laughs> a commercial spot. I, I definitely like also saw like the um everybody predicting one team to win and then suddenly the other one wins the last minute as being very November eighth. Yeah. Which yeah. was like maybe so I was only paying attention for like the first half, so like maybe that's why I thought it was pleasant, a pleasant respite. I thought you were going to say maybe we should have seen the signs that this upset was coming and tried to do something about it when we still could. <laughs> right. I saw a pretty interesting um, analysis of of what went wrong for the uh, – was it the Falcons? Was that the team that lost? Yeah. Um, that, that was positing that the they had just not practiced being ahead. Like they had, they had no um, – when they had been like practicing what to do in various situations in the game, uh, they had never practiced being ahead by 30 points. Mm. And so they had no so idea what to do or how to handle well. it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, are you supposed to play differently? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you'll, you'll drag things out. You'll oh, you're you'll... just trying to, t- you're trying to run out the clock. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Playing super defensively. Running out the clock is like the just fucking constant back dashing of <laughs> of real life sports mm-hmm. like did you hear that was it like a radio lab episode about the like badminton at the olympics well oh, yeah that what? was great what happened so it was so there was so there was a point in the olympics where it became advantageous to lose and so there were a couple of teams that were competing against each other and both teams wanted to lose so that they would get a, like seated against a weaker team 
in the like actual important games mm. and uh they eventually both just the teams got disqualified because they were like the judges were like you are not playing to the best of your ability which is like one of the like olympic credos or whatever uh. right and <clears throat> but it was like it was really polarizing the audience was really pissed at them like the commentators just like, were like this is shameful. Like it was, I didn't see it when it was happening live, but it's, it's kind of a fascinating story, Yeah. but that's like, but they were, but they were playing, they were the, playing the, the meta game to the best of their ability by, yeah, but I think that, by, but I think that largely everyone would agree that that's horseshit and not fun to watch. Yeah. They, they, they should have like, it's <clears throat> weird that they made that decision, even though somebody must've, in that in that decision making process must have said you know this is going to make us look like huge assholes and they went ahead and did it anyway well i they did it because they wanted to win so badly like that's what pro- motivates you to do that sort of thing even yeah. though you're going to look like an asshole is you you want to win the overall competition that's more important than the local one some of them probably just want to get back to the olympic village and that endless supply of condoms <laughs> i <laughs> I'm assuming it's just like a big balloon animal party that lasts all night. <laughs> well, only for the winners, though. Oh, oh, the, the, the losers don't get any condoms. They're trying to overall, like, they're trying to combat the, like, gradual increase throughout history of, like, sporting ability. ability. <laughs> the but, medals are actually just those fake coins that look like, you know, those condoms that are wrapped in the thing, like, foil. Mm. Like, oh, I thought, chocolate. I think you said the medals are, like, radioactive, and they hang at, like, <laughs> at, <laughs> at, <laughs> at gonad, <laughs> gonad height to Yeah, the ribbon, to, the ribbon to is to really sterilize long. You. And, yeah. <laughs> See, I mean, we're playing the real Olympic metagame. Uh, I don't know. It can't be any more boring watching two teams try to lose at badminton than literally everything else in the entire rest of the Olympics is. I think it would be a nice change of pace. Yeah. Just to watch something. If, you, if I've just watched 10 badminton matches. Maybe I want to see a team try to lose on purpose. It's That's, it's hard to it's hard to lose on purpose, right? Because yeah, like it's, if it both is. teams are trying to lose, then it it becomes you a are, competition. You were yeah, you were making some like crazy moves to try to not like let the other team, uh, yeah, let them like let you score basically. Yeah, <laughs> I bet they saw some real feats of athleticism doing that. Yeah, I forget how badminton works. Like, can you only score when your team is on the serve? Is it? I don't remember. And like, how does the serve transition? Listeners who know about badminton, tell us how badminton works. All I know about I badminton wanna... is that it's like tennis except taller. Yeah, and kind of it's you a know, shuttlecock is is has a is a very different animal than a tennis ball, though. Also, the uh, the, did you did you say taller? Yeah, yeah, the net yeah, is taller. It, it's it's not as tall as like um, is it is it about the same size as a volleyball net, right? That so there's. The competitive badminton, the net is about as high as a tennis ball net. A oh, is it? Net. Yeah, like maybe a little bit taller, but it's not like up up where the volleyball net is. That's uh, oh, huh. like that's just a, that's just a, for a cheap backyard, a backyard set that is volleyball and badminton, oh, right? Like okay. the difference between like the monopoly you played as a kid versus like competitive monopoly, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh man, that must be a thing, right? Well, no. we're we're living in it. Ah, mm. oh, okay. <laughs> really curious. I mean, so there's Scrabble tournaments. Yeah. There, there's like fucking rock paper. There's like an official rock paper scissors league with real sanctioned events, right? There has yeah. got to be competitive monopoly. 
Oh yeah, I bet. There yeah, must be. Yeah. So rock paper scissors is an interesting sort of like mind game. Mind game. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Scrabble, Scrabble is a very is high super skill. Interesting yeah. because of like just knowing words and thinking of stuff. But Monopoly, while there's probably some skill to the like the the auctioneering auctioneering phase or whatever, like. It depends on what sort of negotiations and deals they allow, I guess. Like, Partners Monopoly might be interesting. Like, just, um, like, Friends Monopoly? Like, that version of Monopoly that's rethemed to be all about the TV show Friends? Yes, yeah. I've never seen the show Partners. Is it as good as Friends? It's, uh, it's the sequel. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. So the friendships have uh, become fewer in number, but strengthened. Yes. Okay. They're all either starting companies uh, romantically entangled or um, what's the third thing that partner can be? Uh, <laughs> playing tennis together. Okay. okay. We're playing Monopoly together. Yeah, t- tennis Monopoly. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have to, wow. when it's your opponent's turn, you have to hit the board with over to them ball. with a tennis racket. <laughs> yeah. uh, have you played any video games, Jim? I played a dandy dungeon. Yeah. What'd you think of it? I thought it was pretty delightful. Like, I actually don't feel like the game game part of it is much of anything. Like, it's barely there. Even like, uh, um, like it, it's a little bit of a so. So this is a game where you are, um, alternately watching like JRPG style cutscenes, and normally I'm against those, but it's written in a very delightful way. Like, I, I always enjoy watching, um these these characters in this writing um it's uh, really well localized um and you're alternating alternating doing that and like going through these um puzzle dungeons where um you draw a path to take and the character takes that path and like there are like puzzle like puzzle like interactions with the uh, um other uh, entities in the dungeon but it is almost always like, as far as I can tell, most advantageous to always just cover every square, and yeah. there's usually only one way to do it. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know about that. But I imagine there's like some sort of difficulty difficulty slider that. I mean, there might also just be a bunch of pre-made patterns, right? Like, because it's not like there is just some math about the topology of like an Alcazar board that determines whether there's one path or multiple paths through it, right? Yeah. Like, at any point where there's a three-by-three three shape, there's a lot of ways through that for a set. There's multiple ways through it for a given set of exits, right? Yeah. So, actually, yeah, is that, yeah no, that's true. That's I think weird. so, yeah. I, in any case, I don't I don't feel like I was ever making an interesting decision uh, in that space. I mean, um, there's. did there's, you get to the point where you have, like, the rats that you deploy to trigger all the traps on the level? And yeah, so, like, cho- using, choosing when to deploy spells and items, that's that's a real thing. And that's uh, that does sometimes get interesting. Um, like, managing your inventory, because, like, uh, sometimes you'll get new items and have to either throw them away or throw away something you're holding. Um, there's a little bit of that. Um, but mostly I'm in it, uh, to see what happens in the story and I'm hoping it's actually like eventually going somewhere. Um, so far there's like, there's a little bit of introduction, but, and then some individual vignettes with different characters. Um, 
but I don't get the sense that um, there is any sort of like story arc to it. And that's fine. Like if I, I if I just play this until I get bored and then stop, that's fine. It's also fine if the story is just a bunch of silly things that happen. Yeah. In this dude's apartment. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And I, I'm really enjoying that stuff. Yeah. I wish the I wish the uh, rice balls were not so expensive and also so mm. rare. But what do they let you do? They are if you if you die in a dungeon, uh, you can eat one to stand back up. And uh, outside of a dungeon, you can give them to your starving neighbor, and he will bring you a bunch of, he will give you a bunch of, like, rare uh, crafting ingredients. Yeah, there's a scene where um, uh, somebody shows up in your door and then, like, with one hit point in their HUD, and they're saying, I'm starving, please help me. And then the protagonist, like, uh, his reaction to this is to get an amazing idea, and he runs to his computer and starts implementing a new feature of his game. Uh, um, and w- which is to give rice balls to starving uh, dungeoneers right. so they can go adventure for you. That sounds uh, that sounds very much like House when like, it'll be mid conversation yeah, and have the like yeah, final yeah. diagnosis idea. Do you know what real life object is represented by that sprite? The rice ball? Yeah. Like, is it just a ball of rice with, like, a rectangular piece of yeah, seaweed on the it's called yeah. bottom nigiri, of it? Yeah. What, so it's just nigiri with no fish? I think an onigiri could have fish in the middle, but generically, it doesn't have to. How big is it? Uh, I want to say, I want to say, like, if you put a hand over your other fist. Oh, wow. So, like, a softball or something. Yeah. Okay, I guess I, that makes a little I, more sense. I might be I might be wrong about that, but that's the impression I've got. I've never seen one in person. It's a thing that I only know about from sprites in video games, <laughs> right? And it, they don't really have a sense of scale. And also, I think in uh, a lot of cases, I always used to think that it was like a like a hut or something, yeah. like that the that the piece of seaweed was a door mm. because it always looked like a cave entrance or something, right? I'm like oh, I'm just going to eat this little model cave. I remember reading <laughs> that uh, the. Uh, all the enemies in Space Invaders are modeled after sushi. Huh. What? They're, they're supposed to all look like look like rolls. Like Edge On? Uh, yeah, probably. Huh. That's weird. What The iconic Space Invader certainly does not. <laughs> Which one? Well, Crab. Are, are you, maybe you should think legs. about the ones with, like, prawns sticking out of them. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, hmm. There's the one that looks kind of like a... You know, like a bowl of rice. Okay. <laughs> sort of, or like a mushroom, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. The upside down bowl of rice. Mm-hmm. You... Yeah. Mush- mushroom is the classic upside down bowl of rice. <laughs> you get furious <laughs> at your bowl of rice and flip it over. Is that all? That's, uh, I'll probably think of something. But uh, I'll interrupt you guys later, but that's all that I can think of right now. <laughs> I played all the way through uh, 2016 Doom. Nice. Um, I had played two or three hours into it before, but kind of, you know, I didn't really walk away from it. I realized that what happened was when my hard drive stopped working on my computer at home and I bought a new one and reinstalled the OS, I never hooked the other hard drive back up to do a raid recovery on it. So, like, all the games that I had installed just went away at that moment. And so <laughs> I was probably in the middle of all kinds of things. Like, 
Deus Ex Mankind Divided, for instance, oh, yeah. which I think that you're going to talk about. But um, yeah, the new Doom, it, I'm still like really on board with it. I'm really glad that I played it, but I do wish that it had been three hours shorter. How, how long was it? Seven hours, maybe. Okay. And it was... By the end, I really wanted to finish it because every level had, like, cool new environments and some of them were more new than others, you know? Some of them were clearly, like, their sort of showpieces. It's, but, you know, and some of them had less going on and they, they paced it pretty well. You know, they, they would put a kind of a dull one in between two exciting ones. Um, but there were so many just giant arena fights that I just was kind of like, I'm playing this on easy. This is the same enemies over and over and over again, differentiated only by like, oh, now there's two waves of these mancubus. <laughs> Fucking mancubus is the name <laughs> of that thing. Uh, and pinky demons and uh, imps. Impcubus. Mm-hmm. And cyber demons. Although the cyber demon, I think, is like a boss that was real big. Um, but it... I. <sighs> The variations in, like, the complexity of the arena space were not super interesting to me because what I was doing was just running forward until I was far enough away from guys that I could run backwards and shoot at them with stuff. Right. You know? And it just got tiresome. Like, Were you, like, running in a big circle? Yeah, there's just giant areas with a lot of looping paths and stuff. I mean, I'm sure that they're very well-designed first-person shooter spaces. Like, it it felt like a Halo game where people get really excited about the actual gunplay and combat and talk about how great that is, and all I kind of want is for the fight to be over so I can just poke around the space and open containers and shit. Just waiting for JP to patch in the tourist mode. Oh, yeah, Doom 2016? Yeah. That would be a pretty fun game. Honestly, yeah, I bet. although, you know what? I don't want a tourist mode. I want a mode where all of the monsters are like diegetic and stay gone when you kill them. Like, yeah, so like the, one at most one wave of enemies. Yeah, but not like waves, they're, they're, right? They're like you could in go world. into a room and there's five pinky demons in there and that's yeah. fine. Now I'm fighting five pinky demons, but not like you go into a room and there's 25 minutes worth of monsters yeah which is what would happen you know and so you want uh, i get that i get that that's what people want out of a doom game that's is to run real fast and have you know have the bfg and whatever but that's how doom worked the first one like there was there were enemies in a room and those were the enemies you fought and like sometimes there were ambushes where new ones would teleport in but like that was a rare exception but those also oddly existed in a place right like it's not like they yeah they, they faked it by yeah. like yeah yeah by like having them being alerted to you in uh, a room where that existed just to pace out when they would arrive yeah, yeah. which is kind of i mean not that that makes any sense in terms of a, a dungeon design but that's like that feels a little like slightly more true than them if they just literally spawned them from nothing and in the yeah, new doom yeah. it doesn't even it's it's just naked like they just appear like there's a little burst of light and then they emerge well, that's from how a portal. It in, like, right? in yeah, that's what it looked well. like. That's what uh, it looked like in Doom. Yeah. Um, I remember Doom Three getting shit for having like monster closets, but like the other games have the exact same thing. They're just they don't even bother making them closets. So right. I don't know what you want exactly. Um, the, yeah, well, like, the, I think the difference there is that that Doom was trying to be a survival horror game instead of an action game. Doom Three. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, it, it, it's trying to 
trying to maybe maybe not be Resident Evil, but be Half Life. You know, sure. Uh, and it's it did a bad job at that. And if it were more arcadey, then it might have uh, gotten a pass on that stuff. This game looks real nice. Just the and the environments are cool. Like going to different the different hell levels, like the you know the Mars bases are just like this is just like giant industrial spaces and like they look nice but you've seen this before like you've yeah, you know that's, you've, that's about where i gave up on the game was you've just been like, in a foundry it, yeah the ability to just skip the levels that aren't hell or like the sort of interesting spots where hell is bleeding over in a in a sort of meaningful way yeah into into the mars world um I like that the story stuff just like very, very clearly just gets out of the way. Like you, you know, the game starts and there's a little bit of exposition going on a screen and your character just punches the screen and you leave mm-hmm. the room. Like it just cut, you know. Yeah. There's never a time when you have to sit and wait for a con. I mean, I guess there are a few times where you have to sit and watch. I remember like, like a 15 second. People were talking about how like the, your the protagonist just punches the screen in the middle of the opening cutscene and then the, the cutscene is over because like he has no time for this shit. When I was watching that intro, I wanted it to be over before the protagonist did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, that's me. There are definitely times later on when it's like, now nah, they really want you to see this cutscene playing out. A lot of them are just like these sort of hologram, like Tacoma-style cutscenes that you can just leave while they're playing, and it's yeah, fine. That's fine. There's, you know something that I really don't like that this does is audio logs that require you to stand next to them while they play. Oh, that's the Dishonored 2 has that too. Yeah, I know. Why? Why? Like, just, like, I get that it's, like, provides an amount of verisimilitude that this sound is ostensibly coming from this machine, and so... But it it just shouldn't just... obviates the entire point of the value of an audio log. log. It could just follow you and not say anything about it, right? Yep. It could just not comment on the fact that it's like, oh, by the way, Corvo, we've installed this earpiece so that silver graphs can play and it'll sound like it's coming from right inside your ear. Like, no, 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 it's fine. I get that it's a video game. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, there's just these, there, I, like, there are these plinths that you find in hell. Plinth is a hilarious word. It's pretty good. <laughs> that just tell you the parts, they tell you, like, the lore of the Doom Slayer. Like, I think the idea is that you're the Marine from the first Doom that gets, like, frozen and, and like, imprisoned in hell. Mm-hmm. And because the demons are, like, afraid of you because you're the only human that's ever been able to kill them and, like, freely travel back and forth between Mars and hell. And then when they start mining hell for hell energy and the corrupt... Hellergy. Yeah, the corrupt... Uh, corporation on mars they accidentally unearth your sarcophagus and you wake up in there but the it, it is it it has got to be intentionally like they got like a 12 year old metalhead to write the the like audio log exposition stuff for this because it's like written from the it's written by a demon <laughs> <laughs> right. So like it's it's narrated by like whatever whatever ruler of hell that's like warning people not to let this dude out of the sarcophagus because he's going to fucking kill us all with a rocket launcher. But it's I don't know, man, it was worth listening to because it was just. Like maximally hokey. Yeah, it was pretty good. 
Man, the uh, when when we were at trivia last night, the crow was playing on a TV that was like in my field of view. So I just watched a lot of the crow with subtitles on. And that was pretty, pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like I kind of want to just sit and watch the whole thing, but it's pretty stupid. Yeah, it's not as stupid as the comic books. the The comics that the that comic books are based more on, stupid. They were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. Huh? Yeah. Not like, not like deliberately like hokey, funny, stupid, but no, no, they would, oh, they took themselves super duper seriously (laughs) and they were so bad. That's one of the very rare, like the movie is way better than the comic book, comic book movies. It's weird. How did Sandman end up so good? Like in, in an era of spawn, you know, like. I mean, is it just because... I mean, Todd McFarlane's kind of a sports jock dude, right? Yeah, like, and I guess, like, Neil Gaiman is just real, like, little fanciful fairy story kind of guy. And yeah. so his, like, d- the dark take on that is still, like, fun, whereas the dark take on everything sucks and my parents don't understand me <laughs> is, like, not. Yeah. Um, speaking of survival horror, I also have I've gotten a few hours into... Uh, Resident Resident Evil 7, yeah. And it's real good. Yeah? Yeah. I have not I've not played any other Resident Evil games and I'm told that this is nothing like any of them. Like, but it's like it really so like they they rebooted in terms ludically rebooted it again. Like after Resident Evil 4, that like going from 3 to 4 was it was it became an entirely different kind of game. Hmm. Um and apparently they just did that again now. Tell us about it. Every 3 I guess so. So it's just, it's first person, um, you move like not super fast. Like it's not, it's not like the Silent Hill games I've played in terms of combat being like not a thing that your character is supposed to be really good at, but you kind of get trapped by these sort of Rob Zombie, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses or The Hills Have Eyes, like murder hillbillies. And it's just like disgusting, filthy, like decaying mansion. And uh, you have to solve a bunch of real dumb adventure game puzzles while pretty well-paced, horrible, vicious, brutal fights happen to you that you always feel like you barely survive. <laughs> it's it's real scary. That does sound pretty good. I, yeah. like, I'm getting through it slowly because I can't play it for more than, like, 45 minutes without the just sort of stress of it becoming yeah. a thing that makes me feel not, like, I'm not having a good time. Yeah. I've been uh, watching Super Great Friends LPs of it as he's been doing a blind let's play. But I also don't really want to play it at night. Like <laughs> yeah, it lo- it's, I, I, I could I, not even begin to actually play this game. Man, I had f- forgotten that I had my Xbox controller plugged into my computer, <laughs> and the game does this thing where oh, every yeah. every time there's a jump scare, it cranks up the rumble on the controller. And so every time something scary happened on the screen, there was also, like, a noise from in my room that I didn't know what it was <laughs> yeah, for the first, awesome. like, while. Yeah, it's pretty good. I wish I, wish I had not discovered <laughs> what it was. but um, Like, under, under, like, sheets of paper, so it sounds like a... <laughs> Like a locust or something. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I mean, it always, like, I kept thinking, like, ah, God, my phone rang at the exact inopportune moment to scare me. But then, like, no, there's no phone there. <gasps> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it that everybody else isn't already saying. I'm really, really happy that this game came out on PC and is playable with WASD and mouse so that I can be playing a game while everybody's talking about it. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Guess I just learned to use a controller. I mean, well, you or you just leave them scattered around your you want. room and have them freak you out for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, is there a way? Is there an equivalent to like just playing scales on a <laughs> on a controller? A B X Y L B R B. It may be like doing like portal speed runs or <laughs> or just playing Geometry Wars, maybe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, but that's it. Those those PC games and oh, and just a shitload of Dragon Quest builders. Like that's I've I've just started keeping my Vita on my nightstand, and so it's just there a lot of the time when I'm yeah laying there trying not to sleep or trying not to wake up. So you know, it's that phase change that you hate. Yeah, it, I do hate that phase change in if both I directions. Could, There's... If I could stay asleep all my life or be awake all my life. Yep. You, yeah, you do that. Yeah. Take it. Take either one over, over switching all the time. If you could lucidly dream, and be asleep, that would be pretty. And if if you could lucidly dream and remember it, well, but there's no remembering. Right. I mean, never waking up. Well, okay, sure. (laughs) But I mean, no, not necessarily. You could have a lucid dream that you don't remember when you wake up. I, in fact, that's how I sort of. That's how I. How do you know that? Yeah. How do you, you could still be asleep. sort of make peace with sleeping? It's like you know I'm probably gonna have some cool dreams, and though I won't remember them when I wake up, I will experience them. So you know this is maybe. Couldn't you say the same thing about surgery? Like <laughs> I might my, have I, some I, cool surgery. Yeah, I might have some cool <laughs> surgery, <laughs> yeah. and I won't remember it, but it will be cool. Yeah, yeah. Because sure. I'm just saying that you don't like being put under. No, I really don't. I don't like going to sleep either. Okay. Just, I don't like being. Uh, I don't like becoming unconscious. How do you feel about death? Uh, pretty, pretty negatively. Yeah. Yeah. Even though cool shit keeps happening. Yeah. The, when you're the rest of humanity. When you're dead. Yeah. Well, does it? I don't know. Well, we'll let you know. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> shit. Dragon Quest Builder's real good. I yeah. just got to the point where it takes everything away from you and you start over in a new world. That sounds and like the best. It's like you start over in a new save file. It, oh, like, wow. it's like, here's an here. You're playing this game again. Yeah. With all new. Do they change things and, up? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it changes things. It changes things around. Like, it, it, like it's, um, and to the point where like the, it seems like they're going out of their way to make the tech tree kind of different. Like okay. I've gotten a ways into the second world and there's like not really much metal yet. Hmm. Um, okay. And I haven't found like a blacksmith or a way to make a black. This one's more about like finding sick people and bringing them back to a hospital that you've built, which is not a thing that you had to build in the first world. I don't know. It's like, it is a very, like, imagine if you could just log on to a Minecraft world and they would just give you something tangible to do that took about 15 minutes and then you could just do it and then like, "Ah, okay, cool. Now there's some other things for you to do. Or you just fuck around and like build a house or make this house nicer because we give you some points and stuff for that. And at certain points in the plot, you're going to have to like fix the town up. So there's decorative objects and stuff in there. I really like like the points for for making the rooms nice. That that's so motivational. 
And it's like, I feel like it's kind of Animal Crossing-y, except it's not like that shit exists in Animal Crossing, but it's hidden. And the fact that that's all there is means that I don't give a shit about it at all. But like, I do kind of like, oh, it'd be funny to put all this bullshit in this room. And, you know, this is the this is the crates and bread room or whatever. (laughs) And like it, the game doesn't care. You know, it's like, all right, you get 50 points per crate and 100 points per bread and like whatever, man. Did you ever play a retro game challenge? Yeah, I did not like it very much. Okay. The, 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 you I think t- it started with some games that I just wasn't any good at, and uh-huh. it was... Yeah, yeah. I, well, and that game structurally had some problems, but um, the, the reason I bring it up is just the idea of um, putting you into this game with a goal, but there's also a whole bunch of other stuff you can just go do instead, uh-huh. uh, and you can take your time. As And as it turns out, like the way the game is paced... You get bored of each game, but um, if you don't immediately try for every goal at, at the at the start, just because like you have to do four different goals in each game before you can move to the next one, and I feel right. like they could have handled that better. I, you know, I feel like NES Remix is a much better delivery on the promise of retro game challenge, anyway. Yeah, because yeah. at least all of those games are as good as an original NES game, right? Well, I feel like the ones in Retro Game Challenge are in a lot of ways um, better than the NES games of the era. Like, they don't hold up for, like, long-term play like you would have had to do for that. Um, Like, if you were playing that game as the game you got for your birthday all year, uh, the ones in Retro Game Challenge wouldn't be very good. They wouldn't last. Right. But as a game, like, if you play this game for half an hour uh, and never having seen it before, I think it's a better experience they're they're designed to be a better experience in that context. Yeah, and okay. Just because like there aren't like the 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 difficulty curve is is shallower and there aren't as like as many um pitfalls that you have to to learn about before you can enjoy the game. God man, what if there was pitfall in this? <laughs> yeah. You have to play Pitfall a hundred times to, before you can you're allowed to enjoy it. You have to play a perfect game of Pitfall. Oh my god. I don't think anybody's done that. Haven't they? I thought it had been done. Well, the the perfect game of Pitfall if, does the... It's like maximal score without ever fucking anything up, right? Because like, it's just timed. It's like, what, does 10 it, There's a 20-minute timer. Right? Does 20? the timer feed back into your score? No, no. I think the game it, it just runs ends out. when the timer runs out. Right. And there is a theoretical maximum score, right? So it's just yeah. like figuring out which direction has the most treasures yeah. and getting as far as you can in the 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of speed runny, I guess. Speed runny. <laughs> Um, yeah, did you play anything, Kevin? Uh, so I played some Mankind Divided. Oh yeah, you Data got a new, you got a sick rig. I have a I have a computer that will actually Republic run a modern gamers. video game. Yeah. yeah, you've entirely changed your computing modality. Yeah, I so I you know I, for I don't know the past decade I have had just even longer no past twenty years I've had just a single laptop that is my my sole computer. It's always been like a high-end Mac laptop, uh, and I have I've had four of them now, so like one every five years, roughly. And so it was like it was time to get my newest one, and the newest like uh, MacBook Pros came out, and they were just the the specs were so disappointing, and the computers were so expensive mm. with disappointing specs that I was just like, "Fuck this!" Like this is they have they have just finally said "fuck you" enough to me that like. Uh, I decided to do something else. So I, what I'm getting now is just a, a Mac desktop. 
cheap Mac desktop and a for work for work stuff. How, how cheap do Mac desktops get? Um, I got a like a really high end Mac Mini, and it was like fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. So it's it's still I mean expensive. This for, is like, expensive as a very high end Windows desktop. Yeah, but it's cheap for a Mac. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like and the, this is with this is with everything Macs have. Like I, you know, because I still need to be able to run like a bunch of software on it. Macs um, have really good longevity too. Like I've been, yeah, I've been, do. mine's been. Let's see, this is in early two thousand eight. So that's what nine years old. And I've I've replaced the RAM in it once, and that's that's. Wow, Jesus! You're still using the one that we got you at the office. Yep. Mm-hmm. Damn, dude. Anyway, mankind divided on your sick Republic of Gamers. Yeah. Gaming laptop. Yeah. Uh, so I have like all the settings turned up to max, which I have I have never played a video game uh, with all the settings turned up to ultra or whatever. It's it's a different kind of experience. Everything just like looks sharp and <laughs> everything's at high fps and stuff um it, i have found that like th- this kind of makes the uncanny valley feeling much stronger to me like when characters didn't look even vaguely close to people like you just don't care you're like oh this is obviously an abstract representation of a of a person or whatever but because they're like now like they they almost look like a person it's it's just Ugh, it, yeah, it's all creepy I, now. I feel like there, you might actually want to turn the graphics fidelity down a little bit just to just to hide that uh, effect. A, a friend of mine posted a um, a audio file of uh, in Pokemon Yellow. There on the title screen, there's a sample of Pikachu saying Pikachu, uh, and it's a really low like bitrate audio file and. If you load it up in an emulator, um, they actually are triggering the noise channel while they're playing that audio file to make it dirty. Yeah. Huh. So, like, if and, and there this this uh, audio uh, clip that I heard, um, it shows like here's what it sounds like without the noise. Here's what it's here's what just the noise sounds like, and here's what both of them sound like together. Um, and I think they're actually trying to do that effect where like. Um, uh, adding a little bit of dirtiness to uh, a kind of a low fidelity um, uh, image or sound in this case actually makes it sound better. Hmm. Um, although in this case they failed, it doesn't actually help. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you could like maybe add film grain, right? You know, I bet it would actually make uh, the the experience less of, jarring. Yeah. It's mostly people that are the problems. Like the building, like having naturalistic buildings and environments are fine. And like yeah. so much of this game is just wandering around empty spaces and like yeah. opening drawers. Well, and and the other, the other way to handle that sort of thing is like to like what Dishonored Two does, or Dishonored in general, is they just have more cartoony looking people. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah, art, they just art, art, art direct. The, yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's, you could see if there's like a cheat for the new Deus Ex that you could turn on that just gives everybody faces from the original Deus Ex, <laughs> which is like two, poly- polygons, two yeah. polygon. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the game. I have not, I haven't, I haven't gotten out of Prague. I like did the like intro Dubai stuff or whatever. And then it wasn't Dubai, but, uh, maybe it was Dubai. I don't remember. Uh, and, then I've just been wandering around Prague. I haven't actually like done any missions yet. I've just been sort of exploring the city because it's just cool. It's just a really neat environment and it's really vertical and there's like a lot of like, oh, there's a grate up there. Huh, I wonder how I get there. Like, and just like trying to figure out 
a lot of like getting onto rooftops and having to jump from like four buildings over to get yeah over onto something um you yeah. should play Dishonored one. Yeah, no, I, I I want to. It's like now now that I have a machine that will actually do, like. Things. Did you think you should start with the first one? I can't not do that. Okay, I don't think yeah. personally. Like I, I I think Dishonored two is a lot better. Sure. Um, and I don't think like, I mean, if 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 you've got OCD about it, then that's fine. But like, I do think that you don't miss that much by. I, I think I will enjoy Dishonored one, and I like again. My mindset is like yeah. uh, having played a lot of like yeah. Old two two games is super, and I don't remember actually how good one is about this, but two is super good at like providing you with like, uh, like tiny uh, spatial mysteries, like how do I get to this location? Hmm. Okay, one was pretty good. About okay, that. I mean, I I kind of think that if you've never if you haven't played Dishonored 1 to the point where you were already kind of sick of it and Dishonored 2 was like a nice, fresh, yeah. new take on the same thing, then, like, Dishonored 1 is going to be great. Okay. Right? I mean, that's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, also, like, Kevin played all the way through System Shock 1 when we had System Shock 2 as, as the assignment. Just to just to have played it. Wait, you did this in a week? Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm impressed. And then you didn't actually get to 2 because you didn't have no, time No, no, I, played, I also played, played through 2. Okay. And I played, I played, I played it kind of compulsively. I, I like those, those games are my jam. Really. All right. Like, yeah. That's, that's, those are the kinds of games I really like. I really like System Shock. I really like Deus Ex. I, I like you might like the new Doom just because of how many things there are to find. Yeah. I like, I kind of don't want as much combat. I think yeah. like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying the stealthy combat of Deus Ex. I don't think I would like the straight up run, strafing and shooting kind of stuff. There are also these much. kind of cool things where there are rune challenges in the new Doom where it's like it just teleports you to this environment and it's like, all right, kill 15 of these guys with the shotgun in eight seconds. And huh. it's just like sort a of bastion challenge. Yeah, it, it really is. And then okay. that like unlocks the thing that like makes, you know, whatever you I did one that was like a jumping challenge to just collect these things in a short amount of time. And then that makes it so you have like very very fine-grained control over your your movement when you're in midair so you can just jump around corners and stuff after you get this thing equipped yeah and so they're all just like if you do this thing with a shotgun then you get like uh, shotgun kills restore health or whatever like okay it's weird like perks that you can socket um that's fun and again designed scenarios like that are great but anyway anyway i that was just a doom aggression yeah I, uh, so you're not even doing any like side quests or anything? Yet? I haven't. Yeah, like I've I've only played like eight hours of the game <laughs> or something like that. Which which means I have explored maybe like a fourth of Prague. Like it is huge. <laughs> it is like and if you're like wandering around and trying to like find all the secrets and hidden nooks and stuff, like it just there's just so much to. I always worry in a game like that that there are like whole systems that are still like tutorial walled off. Like what? Like, I don't know. Like you haven't exactly. progressed in the story enough to, to to for it to tell you about something important. That's possible. Yeah, that you're like missing. Then when you get to all of these places, there's like a thing that you would be able to pick up if it had moved for. You know what I mean? Oh, I see what you're saying. I, it's that's probably not true. That but would be a yeah. That'd be weird because it's designed to be so non-linear. If they if they just left out a class of thing because you hadn't. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Or, I found I have found like, some story objects for quests. Like, like yeah. this, is, this is a thing that you're like that does this thing, and I'm like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. So, yeah. or it could even be like a, um, I forget what they call them in the new one, with the equivalent of the biomod canister, 
where like you get an upgrade to yourself that allows you to interact with like a significant class of objects mm. in a new way. Oh, huh. Interesting. Yeah, I really want another Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Oh, yeah. God, that was such a good game. Yeah. And it fell apart, but... But, like... Now, when was that made? Uh, 2000. Okay. It's Yeah, it's really old. And it was super buggy, and, like, the, like, the fans got together and, like, sort of made a patch that fixed a lot of broken stuff and finished a lot of, like, unfinished quest lines and stuff. But there's still a real long combat dungeon that just takes place in a very undifferentiated sewer maze yeah, about two-thirds of the way through the game that just is, like, filler. really fillery. Yeah, and, a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there are occasional sections that I run across in like these AAA games that feel like this is where they ran out of time. Or... This is where they cut features because they were yeah. on a clock. It, like, I, I just wish speaking that, of which look forward to West of Living <laughs> launching this summer I just wish it were considered to be okay to just remove those sections from the game entirely yeah yeah but like it's it's a weird dependency thing right because we talked about that a little bit right like you, you start building the game out from the middle yeah probably well so it could be a dependency thing like in terms of plot Mm-hmm. In which case, like how hard it is to fix up the seams depend on how much it depends on how much you care about the plot. Um, but it could also just be like you can't cut an hour from this game because it's already like only six hours long, right? You know, um, and that's just a that's a that's just a marketing thing. That's just a holdover from back when the people who buy AAA video games were in high school and college instead of in their thirties and forties, like now. Right. It's, it's still for for whatever reason, like even though the people who buy those games are now like too busy to play them, they still demand that the games be twenty hours long. I mean, do you think that the people who buy those games are too busy to play them, or do you think the people in your cohort that you talk to are people who are too busy? I, I to feel play like 20, you think it's. You I think feel it's, like the teenagers are playing Minecraft and 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 League of Legends. You know, I don't. I don't think or Call of Duty multiplayer, right? Yeah. Like not. Yeah. 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 I, I don't and like that that could just be my impression. Um I mean there's a lot of people who really like a two hundred hour long JRPG. I think Skyrim those people are all in their thirties and forties now. Popular games of recent years, right? Yeah, That's but Skyrim yeah, I don't know though. That it's I mean two hundred hour game for a lot of people. But it's not yeah, but it's not like I think that's that a was a weird crossover. It's a, like a lot of people played that a different too. animal too, I think. How though? Because I think the main quest line is four hours long. In Skyrim, really? right? Yeah, Maybe I, I, I think yeah. like it's rare to see somebody who like I mean, buys Skyrim and just plays the main knew, quest line and thinks if they you played knew exactly. It. But I'm just curious what, what to the, do. It could be four hours. The average person who says, "Oh yeah, I liked Skyrim," how many hours did they put into it? And like, yeah, you're probably I'm guessing right. it's at probably least twenty. Yeah, probably closer to forty or sixty. Man, when's there going to be another Elder Scrolls game? Yeah, right. I guess they've been doing a lot of other stuff like Elder Scrolls Online and whatnot. That's an entirely different team, I think. They're porting oh, is it? Skyrim to the Switch. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? That's uh, ambivalent. Yeah. <laughs> like Switch. I could switch between either way of feeling about it. Uh-huh. Good. Using Joy-Cons. Uh-huh. Um, I've also been playing a fair bit of uh, Super Mario Run. Oh. Um, I've been I've been playing it a little weird. I For a long time, I was just getting every 
coin in each level before I'd go to the next one. So I'd get the pink and then the purple and the black coins and then I'd oh, go to the, wow. next, the next level. Um, because I, I was like, well, I'm I'm or, like I'm never going to be more familiar with this level than I am yeah. right now, so I might as well finish it, right? It's a very it's Kevin. Okay. That seems like a of... real. The other Man, way you could be completionist about it. Level? No. The other way you could be completionist about it is get to get all the pink coins before you start on the purple coins. Sure. Yep. You That's, have to, right? I mean. Well, no, but he's like in the level. whole game. Oh, oh, I see. To get all the pink coins from every level and then yeah. the purple coins from every level. Okay. Uh, gotcha. But then this, the, like they're having some sort of event now where you can collect golden Goombas. Hmm. And so that uh, kind of threw a wrench in my plans because it kind of required playing a random level at a, at mm. a given time to collect your golden Goombas. What do they do? For you. They just they make some golden Goomba statues that you can put in town. Huh. It's dumb. I don't I don't actually recommend bothering with it, but it like because I was like in the middle of playing it when that event launched, I was like, huh. If they if they figured out a way to make it so participating in some Super Mario Run world event gave you like a Hearthstone card. Oh my god. Then <laughs> I would do every single one of them. Weird. Yeah. The, so, like, uh, I had played a bunch of Deus Ex Go, and by doing so, I had unlocked five Praxis kits in Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Right. Right. And so I, like, signed up to the whatever Electronic Arts or whatever Square Enix uh, site so that I could, like, register so that, that I could join up all the different apps so that everything knew what was going on. They're, uh, they're one-time use, so you like pick one one Deus save, one Deus Ex slot, save yeah. that you want, and then that's that's where you go. That's, and that's a You can weird... also just buy some for like a dollar each or whatever. Yeah, that's also super weird. So the, the move that these companies are making to try to like eke out additional profit is very strange but part of the fun of the game is the like limitations of, the, of not having like a ton of yeah skills. yeah i'm surprised that you wanted the ones from deus ex go i well i i so i got i have not redeemed them right, right. like they're just linked up and then, and then i realized wait a second i don't actually want these i want the like i want the scarcity of resources to to make the game interesting yeah so i, I feel like i've talked about this before but i um I bought Dead Space 2 on Steam a few years ago and because it was like a, like it was a couple of years after the game had been released so it, it came with all of the the seasonal DLC that they sold um and a lot of the DLC was just like here's some like really good armor you get for free at the beginning of the game things like that right um, yeah, I remember getting that weird pre-order bonus on like Fallout New Vegas that was like, "Here's a weird shotgun, yeah, and some armor." And uh, and yeah. so like, when you start the game, like every time you start the game, instead of getting the the armor that is balanced for the beginning of the game, you get this like amazing uh, like not end game, but probably like medium to late game armor um, and weapon weapon selection. Uh, and even if you like choose like no i'm going to play the game as it was originally intended like every time you go into the shop it's always right there <laughs> just like taunting you and if you don't know that that's it there's no like label on it this saying is, this, this is, is DLC. this is premium dlc armor so like i don't know so the way that the way so this was controversial but in Deus Ex Mankind of divided they um they have a little storage tab and anything that you got for pre-ordering or DLC or whatever, it's like, here's a selection of things that you can take out at any time, but then you take it out that one time and then it's gone. 
Mm-hmm. And that's an, like, there were a lot of people who were pissed about that because, like, they were so used to the notion that every time you started a new character, you'd have access to it. Um, but I think it solves that problem a little bit. It's like, if you really want an easier go through or, like, you accidentally sell your weapon or something like that, you have this, like, fallback yeah. that you can always resort to. But, yeah. <clears throat> it It is interesting watching the market try to figure out how to survive, right? Like, these companies, like, what are people doing? What innovations are people coming up with trying to... Yeah. Like make something that people will buy and give the like get the maximum amount of money per per user rate cuz like some people are going to pay $60 for a game or some people are going to wait until it's on sale for 20 and like w- those people are different people. Yeah. You know. And you're going to it's hard to know what the price point for each person is. Uh well, Riff, have you played anything that you're very disappointed in or bothered by? <laughs> uh, no, other than those rice balls and dandy dungeon, no, everything's going pretty well. Uh, played a bunch of that. Played a bunch of. Uh, I got to. Uh, I got to the DLC areas in my Dark Souls Two Let's Play. So, and and I've never played the DLC before. So, so that's cool. It's like new blind Dark Souls. Um. Are you also playing it with a blindfold? <laughs> I'm not sure if that's possible, though I've seen some runs of stuff at at at, at uh, GDQs of people running various games that I that I would not have thought could be done blindfolded. So who knows? Maybe there will yeah, be like blind, blindfolded the, souls someday. The blind punch out runs are pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Jenny and I are, I think, getting near the end of our. Um, Ham Ham Heartbreak Let's Play. <laughs> and, How long has that been going for? Uh, I think uh, this week I published the 12th episode, so 12 hours so far. Wow. So it'll probably end up being 14 hours-ish. And then I, I, I also discovered that we've been playing the second game in a trilogy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's going to be some more of that. <laughs> um, do you think you'll do 213? What's the what's yeah, that order think, you're supposed I to watch Star Wars in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we're gonna do. Um and that's pretty much it except for Pokemon. I did um I started playing uh Pokemon Omega Ruby just to collect all the guys in that and to make it a little more interesting for myself because I've played that one before. I I picked a I picked a weird team, which Probably, if I describe it, won't really mean anything to you guys, but if any Pokemasters are listening and I say five Rotoms and a Bidoof, then then they'll know what I'm talking about. They're going to... The monocle's going to pop out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and in order to get, of course, all the guys in a pair of games, you have to play both of them, so I have to also do an Alpha Sapphire run. But I looked online to see if anybody was doing speedruns of Alpha, Alpha Sapphire, and I found a, a speedrunner's guide, and, and so started doing, doing it as a speedrun. And I'm, I haven't finished it yet, but it's looking like I'm on course to beat it in about five to six hours. Uh, That's not bad. Yeah, it's not great for like a speed run because uh, the the record is like three hours. But for 
a playthrough of a Pokemon game, that's pretty good. Because those are like 20, 30 hour games. So, save myself some time that way. And it's kind of an interesting thing because you have to, to play because you have to do a lot of solid snaking around all the various trainers because you, you want to avoid as many fights as possible. And, and there's it, it, do they tactics. like face different directions? So you have to like run through at a certain time. Yeah. Yeah. They'll like rotate in place or they'll have patrols up and down or, or there'll be a guy that, that doesn't move at all. He just stands staring in one direction. So you have to try and figure out how to get past him without him seeing you like find another route around him. Yeah. That's that. That sounds honestly like speed running that game sounds a lot more fun than just playing it straight. It's yep. kind of entertaining, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing. Although you're doing it like without save states, right? So like what happens if you accidentally trigger a fight? Oh, well, in a, in a Pokemon game, um, you can save anywhere. I'm not doing like a real speed run run. I guess you could say I'm doing a segmented run. But, right. But I'm I'm doing safety saves anywhere it seems like. It might be troublesome. All right. Well, do you guys want to talk about this assignment, Black Ice? Sure. sure. Yeah, right. Not a lot to say, I don't think. Yeah, it's... it's I mean, we, mm. could, we could describe it. Yeah. Go for it, Jim. So, so whoa, it was on me. Um, so, this it seems to be a uh, an arena shooter where there are, like, cyberpunk-themed... Uh, there's cyberpunk themed loot and leveling up mechanics. Uh, you, Everything is very heavily proc gen. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're, you're wandering around a world filled with cubes that are supposed to be buildings. And each of them is like, a you can, corporation you can they're building like they're servers. I think you're in a, you're servers? in cyberspace yeah, okay. and their data structures. Yeah. That you're, yeah. Uh, like you can look at them and get information on the company and it's usually a bad joke. Yeah. Um, and you can choose that. Like, they'll tell you like how difficult each hack is. And you can um, choose which ones to hack based on that. And the hack is just waiting for a timer to play out while you're playing a kind of a. Like, I feel like it's you, it's it's your, you like, have to kill all the enemies that come out that spawn is, yeah, is how you yeah, advance. It's a There's like, a timer, but once the timer gets to 100, enemies stop spawning and you have to kill all the ones that are left. Yeah. yeah. So. It's a lot like Devil Daggers, but with more hit points. Yeah. The, the weapons are very, very procedurally generated yeah. like the different kinds of there's a lot of variables that are kind of randomly selected for how weapons work yep i like this game as the framework for a game with like goals and maybe a little yeah. bit of story yeah. would be pretty uh, yeah. good it could it could be really i assumed it would be that yeah yeah me too i think i i like i, I was like oh this seems like a an interesting like cyberpunk story thing but there's like no framework really it's just the same thing it's really just like basically i mean like starting a single player game is just starting a multiplayer server with only one player attached to it and it just (laughs) randomly puts a bunch of buildings i mean there's ostensibly the goal of like there's a giant very difficult to hack building in the middle that you like level up yeah i mean there's nowhere near it the further away you get from the center the more sort of interesting stuff is going on the the buildings themselves uh, the server shapes themselves yeah the shapes get more varied the terrain gets more varied in terms of like elevation changes and stuff there are some servers that are like sort of jumping puzzles that you're having to move around these platforms on the outside of it there are you start to see more and more servers that are allied with another server so when you 
when you activate, when you hack one, they both activate. Hmm. Um, no more stores. There's like a ring of overlap. stores around that they do typically. Yeah. And then you just, so, what same. happens? Did anybody die? What happens when you die? You I just never restart died. in the center. I okay. Never died. I mean, I just eventually like started hacking buildings that were way out of my yeah, depth. depth. Yeah. And then every once in a while, you'd get one with a real easy enemy spawning pattern, and it's just like, ah, oh, you gained three levels. <laughs> like, huh. <laughs> it, you know, this sort of scratches the itch that, like, playing Diablo for a minute does. Yeah. Like, I keep finding myself running it and playing it some more, but then thinking... There's really not a lot to this. The the, yeah. I mean, the 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 loot drops the the random chance that you might get something really cool is interesting. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of that, that compulsion there, and it might actually be cool, right? Like it might be some new like mechanic, new new mechanic yeah. of weapon that you've never seen, which yeah. is like there's a lot I of like stats the, and a lot of things that the familiars they were pretty yeah cool. you can summon yeah, little dudes I really wish that there had been more variety in enemies like, this, I wish that you, enemies you, you had, summon the same things that you fight yeah and there's like four yeah. enemy models yeah. like I wish that they had been proc gen enemy models yeah. like you could do that That's with some harder things. yeah but I mean but it's all cyber if we're anyway, making so wishes yeah. Yeah. it this game seems like a like an early access game that's never going to come out of early access. Like it's yeah. it's from 2014 it, it, it and it's like still in early access. It's the combat part of a pretty interesting game, but just and the that interesting game is not necessarily is, getting made. I mean, yeah. there was a Steam update in December of 2016 saying like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally going to do a big patch soon." Right. You know, I mean, it's positively reviewed. It's cool looking. Yeah. I wish there was more to it. Like if it's if the team is small, if it's just one person or whatever, then that makes a lot of sense. Yep. But I mean, especially if it was like, well, this was my job for a minute when a lot of people were buying it, but now it's not. Right. So yeah. peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I don't know what it would be, but I feel like you could add like a spelunky like structure to this game and make it be really compelling. Yeah, just, like, do the same mechanics, but, like, generate a world that's, like, sort of divided into a few little sub-worlds with some things that you're supposed to do in each of them and, like, yeah. you know, yeah. like yeah. a di like a single NPC with a dialogue tree system yeah. and he asks or you some to do kind some of, jobs or whatever. Or some kind of story where you're you're the decker supporting some street samurai doing a job elsewhere. And, and yeah, that's fine. I don't know that, if I want the person who wrote this text to write Well, no. Uh, yeah, you know, that's you'd another. Want, you'd want somebody else to write that, but... There are like placards on the side of each server that are like, here's information about this company and what they do. And there, there is clearly like a little bit of random generation, but it's mostly like, uh, we just picked two cards against humanity cards and presented them in order. This is what this company does. And this is what they're rumored to be doing. And none of that was randomly generated. It was just, he wrote 14 bad jokes and randomly shows you one of them. <laughs> it's, that was disappointing. The, everything has real stupid names if you look at what their names are. I stopped doing that pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. That's... Yeah. Anyway, I don't regret playing this. No. I, I might even keep. keep playing it. Just yeah. To like, just to waste some time, you Yep. Know? I wish there was more there. Yeah. You know, which is... That's a kind of praise. Yeah, it kind of is. We didn't decide what our next assignment was going to be. We did not. How about Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines? We already did we've, that. We've done that as an I didn't. I didn't play. How about just for me then? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. How about you play Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines? <laughs> we will read about Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines and remember it while we work. Yeah. And then we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you about Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Are, are we really doing this? Yeah. Oh, we sure. Should, we should also do something else. We've never repeated an assignment before. This is this is breaking new ground. 
Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> okay. All right. I feel weird. I feel like... It is weird. What we're doing is weird. I don't know. It's like the Idle Thumbs, like, Crisis of Confidence at episode 300. You know, I, I have been trying to figure out how to broach to you guys the idea of not doing assignments anymore, but doing something, like, different where every fourth week one of us has, like, a show and tell or something. Like, there was a... I, I really liked... So... We, we, I, so I actually, I'd be for that. Um, I would be for that. But like, I do think that we, we, the problem with assignments as, as we have them is that a lot of the time, like, we pick an assignment that none of us are really excited about and nobody has anything to say. Yeah. And I think as long as somebody is excited about the assignment, then that person will have something interesting to say, even if it's something like, like, that they unexpectedly hated this game. Um, and I think that would make it be always interesting. We'd have to figure out what to do for the Patreon people who theoretically get to pick assignments. We just, I think we got down to one of those that we don't really want to play. And so are, we haven't asked people for another round. Are we, yet. are we down to just one? I think we're down to one. Yeah. Maybe we should do that one instead. <laughs> I think it's okay. It's been long enough. We're going to figure out how to play as our assignment myth to soul blighter. Which I'm sure will be fine. It's like an art. It's like a fantasy RTS. Yeah, I'm I sure mean, it'll be fine. It's a great game. I I remember it fondly. I don't know how to play it anymore. Is is that a PC game? Yeah. Okay. PC and Mac. Yeah. P- it uh, probably is like not what? playable on any modern Mac. Mid ninety, late nineties. So that might be DOS boxable yeah. if you run Maybe. Windows and DOS. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be a pain. But we're gonna do our best. Yep. Okay. I'm sure there. If nothing else, there's let's plays of it. Did you guys play the updated version of Vampire the Masquerade mm-hmm. Bloodlines? Okay, yeah. so you can't just do that one. No. That's really the only way to play it. I mean, I had I bought it when it came out. Like yeah. I I played it when it was when it was new, but the Steam version, they finally just like were like fuck it and put the fan patch in the Steam version. That's pretty cool. It's great. It like it because no there's no one on earth who would be upset about that, but it's like sounds like the kind of thing they would never do. Yeah. Well, uh, like I'm, I'm curious, like if there were, like I, I think there would be legal concerns there because well, I think that's the thing. Somebody got the rights, or so it, like, it turned out, and somebody, nobody had the rights, or something. Almost and all were... the content was actually already in the game. That it was just like there were just entire quests that were inaccessible yeah. in the game because they but, just but didn't... presumably, like at least there are programmers doing in, going and doing bug fixes, yeah. and their work, like is presumably owned by the unless like there was some eula and the mod tools or something where all rights go to the anyway that's uh that's cool i'm or really glad that's that, start a band and call it eula and the mod tools <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm really glad that patch is just on steam and you don't even have to yeah the game wouldn't run on modern hardware without it yeah. for a while steam was selling that game in a way that just would not run on steam it's like, but it, and it said on there, like there was like this, all this stuff this was like, game does not you, run. you will not be able to run this without the fan patch, but it's worth it. Like buy it anyway. And don't, don't come don't complaining when it doesn't work because here's exactly what you need to do to get it to work. Please do it. Like convince steam that it was a good idea to put this on here. If you search for Wolfenstein 3d on the Google play store, the only like actual Wolfenstein 3d thing that comes up is, uh, it's called automatic Wolfenstein 3d. And it's a bot that plays Wolfenstein 3D. And in order to run it, you need to, like, 
tell give it the URL of like the shareware episode so they can download the levels. Huh. <laughs> Sure. And like it's it's rated like one and a half stars because everybody thought well, like, downloaded it thinking they could play the game. Uh. <laughs> so I've just we discovered should've... that if uh, if you go to projectmagma.net, somebody has set up a an updated I guess I don't know an updated application file or whatever for Myth Two that lets it run on modern Mac and Windows. Okay, cool. That's useful. We'll put some we'll put some links in there. All right, guys, I've had a great time recording episode number 275 with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And you know who it was brought to us by? Uh, no. Sam Jim Jam. I have, I have no idea. Generous Patreon backer, Sam Jim Jam. Yep. Just, Just him. him. Just him. Yes! That's the only one. <laughs> and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do, you will. Have a great week, everybody. Keep it real. Good night. <laughs>